congregation with Pastor Nazario. Amen. God bless you, man of God. Thank you for having me back. Pastor Gwen, good to see you, woman of God. I saw you briefly. There you are. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, 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 you know, sometimes you, we don't always understand what God's doing. Sometimes we don't always understand what God's doing. Some things seem to be one way, but when we look at it after the fact, it's some way different. And I understand that we're in a season that represents the birth of Christ. I also understand that we're, we've been sharing the birth of Christ, amen, the, the gift of Christ. And when Pastor Nazario and I were speaking briefly, he said, well, this is, this is what we've been covering. And we're going to stay on that topic, amen, because, because there's an assignment in that topic. I said there's an assignment in that topic. Oh, come on, talk back to me. Don't be bashful this morning. I see some familiar faces. Good to see you. But there's an assignment. When you, when you hear the word of God, you realize you're now accountable for the word of God that you've heard. It doesn't go back to God void, which means if you heard it, it's being deposited on the inside of you. And if it's deposited on the inside of you, what happens is now you have to complete what's been deposited so that you can go to God with a good report. That's what it says, right? His word goes out of his mouth. It does not return to him void, which means it doesn't return to him incomplete. Amen? Come on, talk back to me. Is that making sense? Raise your hand. Is that making sense to you? God is not going to receive something incomplete. He's going to receive something completed. Amen? And, and so if, you, if you're not really, really ready to, to do what God's saying to do in this hour, then, then, then I'm going to give you a moment. I'm going to pause and say, just, just leave right now because I don't want to get you in trouble. Not with me. If God is speaking through me, then what he's saying, he's going to use me as an instrument. He's going to deliver something to you for a purpose. And I don't want to get you in trouble. You, 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 you'd be better off not hearing what's about to be said. Come on. Oh, come on. Talk back to me. Getting a little bit of feedback. I'm not sure where it's coming from, so I'm going to try and stay here. I love to move around, though, so, so I'm going to try to stay here. And so we, 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 you've, been, you've been hearing the word of God, the gift of Christ. Amen. Years ago, I was part of a major production called uh, The Nativity, and, and, and it's a beautiful rendition about, about, about the birth of Christ. And so, and so you know, we, we see different things in this time of season. We, we, we get excited about gifts and things of that nature. But I want to give you a different perspective today, if that's okay. Is that okay? Yes. You ready for a different perspective? Yes. You ready for a shift, a change? Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. I, I will say this. There's going to be a lot of scriptures because I, I need to build foundation and, and I can't give you something like this and just simply say it and just walk away. It's unfair. You have to have substance with this so that you're standing on foundation and the foundation better be the word of God because if you're not standing on the foundation of the word of God when someone's giving you a word of God, then you might as well just walk away. You can't give the word of God without the word of God. If someone's trying to give you a word from God that doesn't line up with the word of God, then you might as well just X that person off because they're, they're operating heresy. Yes. Amen? Amen? And so I'm going to start by simply saying, let, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse uh, 6, if you could, please. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let's start there. As always, Pastor, I don't know how God's going to do this. I just know he gave this to me. And so let's pray God do this. Please, someone pray, God, do this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a familiar scripture, amen? It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7 goes on and says, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it and judgment and, with judgment and with justice. From henceforth forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You see that? Amen? Now, sometimes I read from the King James Version, and, and you'll see up here New King James Version. And I'm cool with either one. But if I say thee or thou, don't get caught, you know, in betwixt. And, you know, even betwixt is in the King James Version, but it may say between in the New King James Version. Don't get caught because I said betwixt and you see between. Okay? I'm just saying that. Okay? Just, just, just quick pause there. But we're familiar with this, right? 
This is speaking about the birth of Christ, is it not? For unto us, come on, and unto us, amen. That's the birth of Christ. We know that, don't we? Raise your hand if you know that's talking about Christ. That's real, amen. But have you ever gone before this passage and read anything from verses 1 to 5? Have you ever gone ahead of this passage and read anything verses 1 to 5? Let's do that right now, if we could, please. Beginning of verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulon and the land of Nathali, and afterwards did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. Talking about the birth, I mean the, the, the baptism, amen? The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, amen? They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them have uh, the light shined. Verse 3 says, thou hast multiplied the nation and and not increased uh, and not increased the joy thy joy before thee according to the joy in the harvest and as men rejoice when they divided the spoil for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder the rod of his oppressor as in a day of Midian for every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and Garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. You're like, what? Huh? What, what, what was all that? And then you go into, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Could I tell you what that's all about for a moment? You have to understand that what we, we understand as Christ being born if you really begin to look back and peel back the layers, you begin to understand that God was not doing this because he was trying to be nice. This wasn't this nice little Christmas story that we come to understand. In fact, if you understand it in its context, it really wasn't a Christmas story at all. It was a military exercise. I said it was a military exercise. The counsel of God in the war room started to give counsel to one another, him, to the son, and to the Holy Spirit saying, let's come and, and, and reason together. Let's figure out what we're going to do about the situation down in earth because my will is not being established in doing the things I want him to do. And so he put together a military exercise. And we understand this to be the birth of Christ. But as I begin to turn the pages, I found that this was more a military exercise than anything else. It was actually a covert mission. I said it was a covert mission. Any military men in the place? No one? Oh, my God. Any military women in the place? Now, you have to understand, when I say men, I don't mean men. Because when you see he, it's also you. When You cannot be a queen in the Bible. You must be a king to have your authority. So though you may be male or female, God put you together. And whether you're male or female, you're still a king. Amen. Don't get caught up with gender because you'll miss your assignment. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to bring you out. I'm trying to give you an assignment to know how you operate in the kingdom. God is not going to give you male and female. When you get up in heaven, you can't be married because you won't be male nor female. You will be, oh, come on, somebody. That's why you need to enjoy your marriage here because when I get up there, my wife won't be my wife. Oh, that's another story. I'm not going to go there. That's called marriage enrichment. Last time I was man's Bible study, man's, that's marriage enrichment right there. I'm not going to talk about that, but I'm trying to tell you something. If you get caught up with gender, you'll miss conversations and if you get stuck on something because it pricks your nerve you can't go any further so you have to understand if we're going to walk together we have to walk together with agreement how can two walk together unless they what agree and if we're going the same direction we have to get to a point where we let things fall off that don't mean a hill of beans to God we get caught up with racism we get caught up with genderism we get caught up with all these isms that God said I'm not about all that I made every race there is how can I be caught up with racism I mean, every gender there is. How, how, and there's only two. 
So I don't get caught up. If I made you female, it's for a purpose. If I made you male, it's for a purpose. But that doesn't stop your assignment. It actually causes you to get into your assignment. Let me get to my text. Woo! I like it here. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a hand clap. Because this is not about me. This is God in this place. Amen? And so I ask you tonight, today rather, be pliable. Be pliable. Let's, let's get into scriptures right now, but let's be pliable. Amen? Can we do that? Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, please. Luke chapter 1. Because I want you to see this was not just simply child being born in the manger. That sounds really nice. And, you know, you, you, get, the nice, uh, you get the nice picture and you hear the, the animals and everything else. But, but, but there was a, a strategy behind this that, that God allowed this strategy to unfold because he had something in mind. See, before the birth of Christ, God had not spoken for 400 years. The intertestamental period. The period between Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the book of the New Testament. Amen? That's the intertestamental period. 400 years God did not speak. Which means 400 years man stood in front of him and said, what did God say? Uh, 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 400 years. Let's put that into context. If you live to be 70 Six generations would have gone by before God began to speak again. Which means your entire lifetime you would not hear from God. Oh my God, I don't ever want to be in a place where I don't ever hear from God. You know something, David felt that way when he had dealt with Bathsheba. And he, he said, I need to get that spirit around me. And so if I have six generations that don't hear from God, what's happening? Say, God's still strategizing. All that worked itself out because God had a plan in mind. I'm not going to go into that because that's a different conversation altogether. When I was back here in June at the men's fellowship, I shared the word of God, and, and, and we talked about a few good men. Any men here from, from, from June's men's fellowship? Raise your hand. Remember a few good men? Remember when I started to take part Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we talked about and show how God created the heavens and the earth. And I talked about the earth and the earth he began to recognize. He said, let there be. And I shared with you that that was warfare and operation. Amen. Remember we got to Genesis chapter 2 and he said, and the host of them were finished. Sava. And you look up that word, Sava, T-C-A-B-B-A, and it talked about warfare. Which means that when God saw darkness in and void, God doesn't identify with void and darkness. So he dealt with it by speaking his word. And that was a warfare. And what happened when he did that was that he began to correct some things that were not correct. He was at God. Was, God, was, God was at war. And he didn't lift a finger. He only spoke a word. Power of life and death. No. Power of death and life. We always say power of life and death. But he says power of death and life are in the tongue. War. God was at war. He said, let there be, and there was. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 2, the first chapter, he says, now I'm done. And I'll put man in the garden to keep it. Keep meaning guard it. Meaning to be a watchman, to make sure what I put in place doesn't get out of place. Oh, my God. This is why God has a conversation with Adam and says, where are you? Because you're not on your post. You know about that military woman. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't you? Don't leave your post. Amen. Talk back to me. It was a military assignment. When he made the earth and got rid of all the stuff that shouldn't have been here. And then he put man hair and woman hair together and to keep it. If you look in, 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 in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, he talks about how he blessed male and female. He blessed them alike to what? Have dominion. That's why you were seeing glory and honor, dominion and power. You were speaking military terms and you're, and you're just praising God by speaking military terms. Talk back to me if you understand what I'm saying this morning. I'm still speaking the gift of Christ. I'm just trying to understand you. I'm trying to give you an understanding of what that was all about. It wasn't about us sitting down there and having a little manger scene and, and sitting down there and, and you know, oh, you know. 
It's more than that. You think taking land over there is easy? Blood, sweat, and tears. You're giving up of your time, of your substance, so that you can take over a land, so that you can occupy when? Until he comes. That's the command. Occupy till I come. I, that's a good way. See, this man, he knows what he's... That, <laughs> occupy till you come. I was going to say something, but I don't think you're ready. I'm going to hold that one back for a second. I'm going to hold that one back. I'm going to hold that one back, Pastor. <sighs> no, no, I'm going to... No, 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 no. If, in fact, someone doesn't understand God and they want to take over your space, but they have not been given the direction from you or God to release it, you don't vacate. Before, I would say, I said, vacate. Don't occupy a space. God's calls you not to keep. Remember that? Because you will move outside the will of God. Why? Because God has moved on. You're where you want to be. But you're not where God wants you to be because you have not moved with God. But if you don't, if you get up and leave, if God's not told you to leave, and he said, occupy till I come, and you get up because someone else gets in your face, that doesn't, you're operating still out of the will of God. Amen? I'm still talking the gift of Christ. Someone has to keep time for me. I'm taking my watch off. It is now 1241. I'm taking my wife, uh, my watch off because I, I, I'm on assignment, but I also have, I got to do some things. Let's go into uh, Luke chapter one. Man, there's so much here, Pastor. There's so much here. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to get through it all. But let me begin reading verse 5. It says, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abba, Abia, and his wife, the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child. Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. You know the story, right? Do I need all, you need all the context? Give me a backdrop. Tell you that, first of all, Herod. That's when they were alive, around the days of Herod. Amen? Around the days of Herod. And, and, they, had, and they had no child. They were well stricken in years. Reminds you of uh, Abraham and, and, and Sarah. And you know the story. Zacharias is doing things after the order of the priest, and he's going in the temple and lighting incense and doing what he's supposed to do for God. And then he turned around, and next you know, he, 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 he sees an angel of the Lord, and he's blown away. <coughs> My wife and I were driving down here, and she, we put on a, a CD, and they were talking about, oh, I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you, Lord. Let me tell you something. God show up. I mean, if God really show up. <laughs> <laughs> me not that I've experienced it myself but you go ahead and pray for patience and pray to see God like that if you want to I have all I need your word God tell me your word I will do it I don't need you to show up oh Lord we want to see you oh God we want to see you oh God even know we ask for half the time. We really don't. We really don't. We think we know. We think we know. And here we see Zacharias. He's doing things after the order. After the order. He's doing things in order. He's doing things according to how he's been taught. And he's sitting down. He's lighting incense. And he says, oh, God, I worship you. Natalie was sitting, singing in there. Tony Aponte was singing there. He heard them singing. He was like, oh, this is good. He's chilling out. And next thing you know, he turns around and he sees an angel of the Lord. Blows him away. Amen? Next thing you know, the angel says, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have a son. <laughs> Zacharias is like, okay. And so you know the story. Zacharias tries to get the situation wrapped in his mind. He can't figure it out. And he gets to a point where, where the angel says what? Angel says, because you have not believed, you not speak. Why is that? Because your word can counter God's word. If you start speaking contrary to God's word, you start believing what you speak. And God said, I'm on a military assignment. I don't have time to mess with you, Zacharias. I'm going to shut your mouth so you won't say a word. You can say all you, you can think all you want to, but don't speak a word until I bring my thing to pass. Oh, 
and we want to just let idle words. Do you realize the Bible talks about he is going to deal with your idle words, the words that don't mean a hill of beans. You have to learn to shut your mouth sometimes and say some things you need to say. God says, Zacharias, you not speak until my thing comes to pass. And when you speak, think about this. His name's going to be John. Yo, you know, I mean, God, if you're going to give me a child, you know, like call him after Zacharias, Zach Jr. You know, what's up with that? Can I, can I get something out of this? He says, John. Why? Why? Because they were all about the Mosaic law. They were under this Mosaic law. And God said, I need to get you out from under the Mosaic law. What's that got to do with John? Because the word John means grace. I'm about to dispense grace in the earth. I'm about to get my children who are locked in this, 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 this law some freedom. And I'm starting with grace. Name your son John. It means grace. I'm going to release grace before I release God. Oh, my God. We know grace, right? Grace gives you what you don't deserve. Mercy keeps you from what you do deserve. And we need both if we're going to make it in God. I don't know anyone who's ever got through God without grace and mercy. And you show me someone's gotten to that point, and I'm going to stay away from that person. Because God will show them what mercy looks like, what grace looks like at some point in time. And so God says, name his name, name him John. That's what he says. Amen. That's what he says, amen? Where does it say that? Let's get down to the passage where it says that. Thank you. 13, it says, But the angel of the Lord said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayers heard. Thy wife Elizabeth and thee shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Now, now they were praying. They prayed a prayer even in the stricken years. They were still barren. Because barren was a sin. If you were a woman and you were barren, you were operating in the, under, under a shroud of darkness. They said, what's wrong with her? Because you produced children because that was their livelihood. That's how they endured in those times. That's how they were able to sustain their lives. That's how they were able to go from one generation to another. If you didn't have children, if you were a barren woman, you were no good to your husband. That's why Hannah prayed the way she prayed. Come on, ladies, no Hannah and Fanina. Come, come on, ladies, don't leave me out here. You don't know a Hannah and a Fanina? Have you had some Faninas? Girl, get away from me. But has she pushed you into your call? A Fanina will push you into your call if you let her. She'll get you so caught up and upset with the things that are going on. They'll sit down there and say, you know something, I'm done with this. I'm going to God and I'm not going to shake. I'm not going to move Anything, I'm not going to do a word until I hear from God and see the change I'm looking for. A phenomenon will put you into place if you let her. I know I'm jumping out between the Old and the New Testament, but, but I, I need for you to understand, I have very, very, this is a military operation, and I have a very finite amount of time to get you a lot right now. Amen? Are you getting anything so far? Can I go a little bit further? I want to show you that this was a military exercise. I was going to read all the way up to 56, but I'm going to try to skip through this. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 20, I spoke about this. It said, And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day these things shall be performed, because thou believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season, in their season, in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. Why? Because it took him longer than he should have. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. For they perceived that he had seen a vision in, a temp in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accompanied, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, according to the word of God, and hid herself five months, saying, that Thus saith the Lord, deal with me in thy days wherein he looked upon me, and take away my reproach among men. See, you have to understand, I just said that. She was a reproach among men. Why? Because she was barren. Amen. And in the sixth month, the angel of the Lord was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused of a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. 
An angel came unto her. Now we know this angel in another scripture is Gabriel. Amen? Came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she, said, when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and said, Cast her mind what manner of salutation this should be. An angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord, shall, uh, the Lord God and shall give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I have not known a man? See, she's already saying, I, I, you know, this could have been her and David, I mean, her, her and Joseph together. But she's already in the flow. See, I like Mary. Zacharias was, Mary was like, okay, well, how can this be? I haven't seen, you know, I've been with a man yet. But do you see the military exercise? First, an angel goes to Zacharias and says, this was going to happen. Then he goes to Mary and says, this was going to happen. And do you see the conversation? Oh, y'all don't see the conversation. He shall be great. He shall be called son of the highest. And the Lord shall give him the throne. You have to understand something. There was a hostile military takeover. There was a coup that took place in the earth. And people are trying to figure out what this Christmas is all about. It was about a military takeover. Because you had all these kingdoms in the earth not doing the will of God. And God said, I'm going to settle what was done back in Genesis. Why did I go back to Genesis for a moment? Because you have to understand what God did militarily back in the days of Genesis. He also did back in Matthew. What military exercise was in Genesis when he saw darkness and void and he put his word out. Now he put his word out again. Only he put his word in the flesh. Both times he released his word. The first time he spoke it, the next time he delivered it. And he wrapped it in a baby. Both were military exercises. Both was about trying to get us out of the junk that we're in. Because he didn't do this because he just liked us. He did this because he loved us. The gift of Christ was so... If you were held captive, God would send a military force to free you. And he did because you were. Unbeknownst to you, you were held captive in your own sin. I was held captive in my own sin. I had no way out. I was a... Oh, my God, there was nothing that could have redeemed me. So God did a military exercise, put the council together, and sent his son in a covert mission like a Navy SEAL, only he was a baby. Wrapped him in a manger, put him in half there, and then said, okay, now. If you don't believe it, then why do you keep on talking about Herod? Herod was concerned. Because someone's about to take over his exercise. Herod was concerned. If you ever run drugs and you infringe on someone else's territory, how long will you last before someone tries to take you out because you're in their territory? Talk back to me if you know about drug running. Talk back to you understand that this, this world that we see, we can see this in so many different ways. It can be drugs. It can be pimps. Come on. It can be conglomerate takeovers. Come on. Talk back to me to understand this. It can be your man. Start fighting. You see what I'm saying? Whatever. Whatever gets you to start moving in a military way that starts gets you fighting. No, sister. You got the wrong one. I'm not going down like that. How many, have all, how many have started a military coup before? You all need to raise your hand. Anytime you defend yourself, you're, you're, you're operating militarily. Anytime you try to defend your position, it's a military operation. You ever say, you see someone doing a job, say, I can do that job better. You ever see that? You ever say that? See, no one wants to raise their hand in here. Have you ever seen someone do a job in McDonald's, can't flip hamburgers the right way, waiting on life long? I can do this better. 
That's your order. Let's move this line. You. Get that coffee. Don't you get tired of service or no service? I paid for the burger, but I think somewhere in there, there's some service. I Give me 10 cents worth of service. It's a dollar 19 burger, but give me a dollar nine burger and a dollar 10 cents of service, please. What are you saying? I can do this better. Militarily, you already started scheming. Your mind started scheming. You know something? I, I can do this better. I, I, if, I, if this was my restaurant, I'll do things differently. Come on, somebody. See, y'all are quiet. Do I need to start pulling back some covers? See, I like this. Because you say, you know, I, she starts weeping when the spirit moves her. I start getting rambunctious. <laughs> Y'all want her back up here? Let me, could I tell you something? Both move God. I said both move God. You give me three travailing women versus, versus five rambunctious men that want to sit down and, and, and act like there's nothing going on. Here's what I like about this military exercise. God used old people that no one ever thought about and a virgin no one ever thought about. Because you're never going to look for a baby in a virgin. You know the story. She went with Elizabeth and hid. She hid for six months. What happened in six months? Now you're around people that know you. Be like, uh, Mary, uh, girl, girl. Mm. She with child. She with she with child. No, I know something. Something up. You spoke to Dave? Go, go get Dave. Go, 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 go get Joseph. Something going on here. And you know, always got to be the one that, that don't go anywhere. She always on the block. Just sitting out there looking. Coming out there with a house coat like she got something to do. You ain't got nothing to do. Get back upstairs. The one time you want to take out the garbage is when Mary's walking around and she looks like she was trial. Oh, I'm just saying, girl, how you doing? Now you want to have a conversation. You know what they call it today? Facebook. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How many shoes are hurt? Let me see the feet print. Oh, my. My wife and I went out. We, we very really get a chance to go. I went out yesterday. Hey, we went with some friends, and, 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 and I mean, we, we didn't know them. We, we went to celebrate someone who had a momentous occasion. She had just written a book. My wife and I are sitting down here, and everybody, not one, not two, everybody's sitting down. I'm like, but you're with other people. Talk to them. They're like, at this place, here. You know, Pastor Victor, from now on, don't get up here and preach. Just say, at the church. <laughs> See how long you stay around here. What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our time? Are we investing it? Are we spending it? See, when you spend time, don't expect anything back. When you invest time, you get a return. Are you investing time right now? Thank you. Anyone spending time here? Thank you. You're very gracious. I, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to get you to understand that, that this whole thing was God covertly operating. He sent an angelic host to speak to Zacharias. He sent another angel Okay, let me let me do this. I, I want to show you some things. I love because I love to. You have to put Luke and Matthew together to really see the context of this, and so we have to jump back and forth. Watch this. 
I'm sorry, she abode there three months. So verse 56 of Luke, it says, and Mary abode about her three months and returned to her own house. That's what's said in Luke. Amen. But then you have to go over to Matthew chapter 1 because it says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 says, now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. But here you have to understand, the reason why I put this particular passage right after verse 56 of Luke is because this particular passage gives us a glimpse of what's happening with Joseph. You see, if you're watching a movie, you know how the movie fades from one place to another and it's happening about the same time? That's what you see here. You have the, the Mary hanging out there with Elizabeth, but then you have fade to black. And then you have Joseph. And in Joseph's day, he's hanging out saying, where, where, where is Mary? And, and he's a little bit troubled, and he goes to sleep because, you know, people are starting to talk. Where's your wife? Where's your spouse's wife? And he says, but while he thought, because I just told you, he said, where's Mary? Are you reading this? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Continue, please. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her public example. Oh, I'm sorry. How did I get there? Okay, yes, that's correct. Was minded and put away privily, which means you're going to do this privately. You're going to put up the New King James. That's fine with me. Go on, please. But while he thought, he pondered. You see, I like a man who thinks instead of just responding. Because you can allow God to enter into your thoughts. They say that prisons, prison, in prison, you have a lot of people who, who are locked up because they operated out of emotion. But if we spend time to think, we're able to allow God to enter into our thoughts. Amen? While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now, you notice Zacharias, he showed up on spot. Mary, he showed up on spot. But God dealt with Joseph in a dream. I like this because it tells me that Joseph was, in, was, was, was resolute within his thinking that God can speak to you in a dream and you respond to it. Some don't need an angel on the spot. God can deal with you in your dreams. Don't throw away your dreams, saints. God will speak to you in a vision or a dream. Don't throw away your dreams. Perhaps your dreams came from God. It may not make sense at the time, but allow him to, because he said, the Bible says you prophesy in part and you know in part, which means you're not going to get everything at one time. So you have to wait. You're talking about you praying for patience. Well, the patience is I get a portion of what God's saying, but I wait for the rest to come and get fulfilled. I'm waiting for some things right now. I said I'm waiting for some things right now. My wife's waiting for some things right now. We don't have everything that we want. Amen. In that place, you stay accountable. I'm accountable to this man. He knows my heart. I'm transparent in front of him. I can't stand before you without being transparent in front of him. He knows, he knows what I'm waiting for. And he's praying with me to bring the past. Why do I need him to pray? Because one will set 1,000 in flight, and two can set 10,000. You see, if I'm praying by myself, there's 9,000 that can get to me. But if I'm praying with someone else, I've got 10,000 taken care of. And sometimes you need an exponential authority. I said sometimes, that's exponential. That's not multiplication, that's exponential. Sometimes you need an exponential authority in your life. How many believe for some things? That's it? How many are believing for some things in God? Let me ask you a question. Have you confided in anyone that you can trust in to believe what you're believing for? I mean, someone that can hold it until they see the manifestation of it. Those are real people in your life. Those are real people in your life. Amen? So in a dream, he had a conversation with God, and God had a conversation saying, Joseph, thou son of David. I like that. Because God starts speaking about his lineage. He says, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And she shall bring forth a son, and that's her call his name, Jesus. You notice something here? John was given instructions to name his child. And Joseph was given instructions to name his child. That wasn't even his child. Men, look up at me. It's your assignment to name your children. 
Don't get quiet on me. It's not chauvinistic. It's a God-given assignment. You give your wife your name and you give your children your name. Someone say, if that didn't offend you, say hallelujah. That wasn't a gender thing, was it, sister? Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. She's going to like, I'm not coming. Let me know. When he's, show me his itinerary. I won't be back. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> see, 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 I trust. Here's what I'm saying. If I felt I was offending her, I wouldn't have said a word. But because I know I'm not, because I can tell by the spirit, I'm cool with this because I see she's cool with it. But I'm saying something to you. God does some things with a gender assignment, and God does some things outside the gender assignment. And we have to look in the word of God to figure out what's a gender assignment and what's not a gender assignment. Are you hearing me? This way you can look at how this world is getting and you can use the word of God as a guide to figure out and balance out what you're seeing, whether it's of God or whether it's not of God. This way you can have any church pop up. If you go to that church, you see things operating outside the word of God. Whether they don't want it or not, they have to take the whole scroll. God says, eat the whole scroll. And you got people celebrating the gift of Christ, and they're doing it in a way where they're not representing God. How can you celebrate what God sent, and you refuse to do what God says to do? This is about the gift of Christ. Because we would not be liberated without him. And even up to today, I sat there and I listened to Tony Aponte, Minister Tony Aponte, speaking about glory and honor, dominion and power. I listened to Minister Helen Fuentes talk about authority and going back into Dominican Republic and start taking back what she says is not right. I hear people speak about military operations, but when you say it up front, people are like, I don't see it that way. You have to learn to see your own assignment is a military assignment. Yeah. Your own assignment on your life is a military assignment. God did not give the gift of Christ without you going to action, going to war, and start doing some things for God. Amen. Amen. Anyone who, who, who wooed their wife, that was a military action. You had to get past the, the, the boyfriends, the so-called boyfriends. The fathers, the mothers, you had to convince people that this was the real deal. And if it wasn't a military action, let me say it this way. Anything of value, you have to fight for. I said anything of value, you have to fight for. And let me tell you something. The enemy doesn't come after anything that's not of value. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, which means that he's coming to get something, coming to kill something, and coming to annihilate something. And why is that locked up in you? Because inside you, you have both your self-value, your life, and that which is connected to your life, which is whatever God put to your life. He says, press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And apprehend that for which you have been apprehended. You've been apprehended by the gift of Christ. To apprehend something. Apprehend. Apprehend. Apprehend is not. That's not apprehend. This is apprehend. Snatch it. You got to, thank you, you got to snatch it. You have to go after it. God said apprehend that for which you have been apprehended. You are here because you've been apprehended. You've been apprehended by the gift of Christ. To apprehend someone else and something else. Who's staying, who's staying in the shadows because you haven't shown up yet? She said it this way. She said bring someone on, on because they come and they show up on Christmas and Easter. And if that's the vehicle they use to show up, then, show, then use that vehicle. It's a hostile takeover. Go back to Isaiah chapter 9, please. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Because what you didn't see before, you'll probably see it now. It says, for unto us a child is born. That sounds very nice and cute. Oh, look at the little child. Look at this little child sleeping on his father's shoulders. He's cute. 
He's beautiful. Look at him. He's precious, isn't he? And you know when you look at children, you're stressed. They look at you and say, oh. You know, you just relax. You ever, that ever happened to you? I get stressed out. I look at a child, and I'm just, I'm just relaxed. That ever happened to you? Unto us a child is born. It's gracious. It's sweet. Unto us, watch this, a son. The word son here speaks of maturity because in the Jewish religion, in the Jewish, in the Jewish construct, when you identify someone as a son, it speaks of maturity. I said it speaks of maturity. So he not only gave you a child, he gave you his son. And sister said right there, she said his authority, the government, not a government, the government shall be upon his shoulders, holding up, holding up. Now, here's what I share with people, and I don't know how many people get it, but I'm going to continue to share it. Christ is the head, right? Anything that's not the head is the body, right? That means then that we are designed to hold up the government. Why then are we looking for the government to give us a handout when we'll hold the hand out to the government? I like what Minister Helen Fuentes said. She talked about how she went there as she went through the, 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 the presidential environment and she started seeing these things take place. And I, 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 she, she, doesn't, she doesn't know my message. She just got back. I didn't even know she left. <laughs> but, but when you're with God, God just lines stuff up just like that. Just like he spoke to, to Zacharias and Mary and Joseph, God spoke to Helen, God spoke to me, God spoke to Pastor Victor, and he, he'll do things like that. Before I knew I'd be here, God had given me this. A military operation, a military exercise to do exploits. What does that scripture say? He says, my children do exploits. They know my name and do exploits. Amen? Amen? What is exploits? That means to break those things open that, that are exposed. It means to put things at bay. Watch this. He says, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Now, Mighty God doesn't give me something. That, anytime I see the word Mighty God, Minister Tony, I, I think about a sword in the hand. I don't see mighty God. I, I see him. I see biceps flexing. I see a hole. And I see him with the sword. Mighty God. And, and, and here's, here's, here's what he says. He says, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now watch this. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there shall be no end. He's going to increase. Upon the throne, there you go, throne, 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 military coup, everybody that's on the throne, whether they're in a position as a president or a king, will be subject to our king. Pastor Tony, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Minister Tony said, his sass says king of kings and lord of lords, which suggests that there are other kings and other lords, and he's going to be in charge of all of them. And upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish, does this now seem to be military about? Does it seem like a military exercise? With judgment, with judgment, and with justice from henceforth, even forevermore. Now, I love this last portion because it says the zeal of the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is a military chief in God. It talks about his military might. Jehovah Gabor. Come. When God talked about bringing his son, it's like a Navy SEAL going in and bringing someone out of a place of captivity. And it may seem to be covert. That's because it is. 
You want to know how covert it was? Herod found out. You got to read this yourself. I don't have time. I got to get out your way. Herod found three wise men. And he found out what they found out. And he said, let me know when you go to worship them so that I can go worship them. He wasn't planning on worshiping them. The three kings represent the nations of this world. You know, like I was looking at this earlier, Pastor. I, I, he, he said that Joseph was sent down to, to Bethlehem to pay his taxes. Isn't that what it said? Because they had ordered this. Even, God will make even your enemies your footstool. He'll make your enemies work for you. Yes. He needed Joseph in Bethlehem. So he made sure that someone said, let's get them to pay taxes. Don't get upset because someone has you paying taxes. It might be working out for your best. Now, I want you to see what happened. He went down there to pay his taxes. He paid his taxes. He paid his taxes. He found no room at the end. And you need to know, let me say something to you. You need to know that you're on a military assignment. Yep. Because anyone who has a woman nine months pregnant, going on the backside of the desert on a donkey, hoping that the water don't break. I can't get my wife to the hospital quick enough when she said my water is bursting. And I got to travel for days, nine days on a donkey? Ladies, who's here who has given birth before? How about your husband say, we're going to walk around for nine days? <laughs> Tony, be man up, say, honey, we're going to walk around. Go ahead. I want you to go ahead, man. Yeah, all right. You, you, go <laughs> I would never do that unless God says something like that. He got a direction of a military order that operated with the enemy, but also he was on assignment. And he goes to his end. We know the story. And he finds himself at the end. Now, the wise men show up. They represent the nations of this world. They came from the east. Amen? Are you getting this? Now, I love this. They show up. Joseph pays the taxes and now they get increased because they have frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Why did you need frankincense, myrrh, and gold? Because militarily you have to allow someone to deal with the actual financials for war. The reason why you have people in Congress Figuring things out is to find out if you're going to pass enough taxes to pay for war. A plane costs billions of dollars. This tank costs this much money. They had to finance what the next step was going to happen with Joseph. What were the next steps? He had to flee to Egypt. He just paid his taxes, just gave birth, got no place at the end, and he's get up and leave again. But now he's financed because his military action that God calls for, he will finance. The reason why you're going into your home is to occupy. And God will finance this military action so that you can do exploits for God. This is not about the gift of Christ. It's about God's gift to those people. And his gift to those people is you. Because God's already given his gift of Jesus Christ. Now you must be the gift to those that don't know Christ. I know we're celebrating the gift of Christ, but you are the gift of Christ to someone else. I'm trying to wrap this up, but I don't think you get it. You think that this is about you just showing up to a beautiful house and seeing how it's nicely adorned. No, it's about lives that hang in a balance that if you don't show up, they don't have hope. If you don't show up, they don't have faith because this world is going dark. It's going dim. That's what it said in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Growing dim, but you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth, and you have the favor of the Spirit of God to do exploits for God's glory. Oh, come on, somebody. Give God a hand clap in here. We can celebrate Christ. We should celebrate Christ. We will celebrate Christ. But our celebration should always be with our life. Is your life celebrating Christ? You're the reason for this covert action. 
You're the reason God sent his son. You're the reason for his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And as you go into this new season, just like God dealt with Jesus Christ and brought him out there, God will use you just like he used Christ to bring about liberty to a dying world. There are kingdoms out there that need to be toppled. You're the answer. There are nations out there that need to be toppled. You're the answer. There are people operating with this shroud of misunderstanding of who they are. You're the answer. Every time you live for Christ, you send a, a, a signal to someone else that there is a life in Christ that is uncompromised. And I am that light. I am that life. I am the one for God. Are you hearing me? This was more of a teaching word than anything else. If I went through every scripture, we would not even have content or time. But I wanted to give you, I know God has given me. This is a military assignment. This is a military assignment because lives are hanging in the balance. Amen. You're not here because of you. You're here because of someone else. Someone brought you here and someone brought them there and someone brought someone else here. We didn't do this ourselves. Amen. Amen. The reason why you stand up here today is because of someone else. And it all is the cause of Christ. Christ did it. Amen. I want to show you one final scripture to prove that God operates covertly. Just one scripture, and we'll end with this. Amen? Return, if you would, hallelujah, to Matthew chapter 26. Don't ever think that God's going to come the way you think he'll come. Don't ever think God's going to do it the way you think he'll do it. Unless you're operating in God, or, and I'm suggesting that you're not, but sometimes, you know, we get caught up in our humanity because we want to see things happen a certain way. We can't put God in the construct of our mind. The Bible says he does above all that we ask or think, which means that if you thought it, that, means that, doesn't live God, that does not limit God to what you thought. If he does above all you ask or think, don't ever think that God can't do what you haven't thought of. If he does above all you ask or think, don't ever think that God can't do what you haven't thought of. If he does above all you ask or think, don't ever think that God has not done, cannot do what you haven't thought of. Could I prove that out? One last scripture. Verse 51 to 55 or 56. Matthew chapter 6, verse 51. Matthew chapter 26, verse 51. And behold, one of them, this is in the garden, which was Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. This is someone about to go to war because someone put their hands on Jesus. Someone put your hand in your pastor, you ready to go to war. Excuse me? You ready to go to war? Let's see what happens. Then Jesus said unto him, put up again thy sword in his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? He, he has a group of people. And Jesus said, I'll bring 12 legions on a group of people. Five people show up, I'll bring a 12 legions of angels. One angel can take on seven men. He's bringing 12 legions because a group of people try to touch him. All I got to say a word. Some say, say a, word. say a word. He shall presently give me more than 12 legions. Right now, if I ask my father, he will send 12 legions. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? Who will fulfill them? That thus it must be. Continue. In the same hour, Jesus, I don't need the rest of that. If we think God operates where we think he operates, we sometimes operate like Peter. But I wanted to show you that covertly God does things that don't always seem what it is when we actually celebrate it. How many years have you looked at Christmas and did not realize that it was a military exercise? Come on, raise your hand if you really looked at it and didn't realize it was a military exercise to bring your liberty that otherwise would not be bought. Military exercise, that's God. He cares enough about you that he sent his best. He sent his best. And he only sent one because all he needed was one, his word. 
Every time he sends his word, you have liberty. Every time he sends his word, every time he speaks his word, he, he said righteousness is doing what God has said to do. And that's what this is all about. The gift of Christ is the word of God. The gift of Christ, it is the word of God. 